growing out of the Policing and Racial Bias Conference held at Stanford University in 2004, the Center for Policing Equity has been taking on the original research and shaping the new models necessary to achieve more equitable, responsive, and accountable police organizations in America's communities. Greetings again, Amanda Morgan. Formerly founded in 2008, the work of the Center for Policing Equity has been embraced by police departments in 14 major communities, including Edmonton and Toronto in Canada. Their CompuStat for Justice initiative utilizes data on crime to hold police departments accountable on values of fairness. The CPE National Justice Database assists authorities and community change makers to understand just how better to serve and protect. In view of the street demonstrations and the passage of the Colorado State Police Accountability Law on this edition, we began to explore the systemic revisions necessary to make things better. Our guest is the co-founder of the Center for Policing Equity and the Vice President for Justice Initiatives, the retired former Denver Police Division Commander, Dr. Tracy Cousy. You have to get your job done no matter how you feel about people that you contact. And, and part of the larger conversations we have going on is just about that, right? So how do you manage um, when you may, you know, have a stereotype about someone or believe something about a, a certain group of people? And how do you manage that? And I think it's important. I think the communities that we serve are expecting us to be objective and to go in and, and to provide that service that doesn't require um, that you, you know, that you, you like the people that you serve. I think I sometimes equate that not to overgeneralize, but, you know, we have often people that we work for and bosses we don't necessarily care for. Um, but it is really about how do I get that job done? How do I do it that doesn't cause harm to myself or to others? And so, yeah, there are, there's lots of things that officers have to think about when they're, when they're coming in contact. Many times I envision police officers as needing a good stiff drink when they hear of something that goes on someplace else and then people in their town are calling them or asking them about it and that kind of thing. I guess school boards and police departments have all kinds of methods of operation and that kind of thing, but the general public thinks everybody should be the same. Uh, how do you deal with that kind of a situation? Well, I don't think necessarily what we're talking about nationally is everybody has to be the same. It is about the outcomes of how those interactions are going. And the reason why it's felt so deeply is because you have specific communities who have the same ongoing continuous experience. The conversation we're in right now, for example, is much like, you know, for all of us who've been in law enforcement, it is not um, all of us who may behave or who may do things in a way that's not acceptable. It is not all of us. There are good cops. Uh, and there are cops who should not be police officers. And what we're hearing in these conversations are the same things that community says often happens to them. Police officers come into a community and think they're all criminal. And communities saying we're not all criminal. Um, we certainly want to be safe, but we don't want to be treated as we are all criminals and all in one way. And so it's, it's very, it's been remarkably interesting, the parallels and the conversations that are happening right now, but, but people aren't listening, which yeah. I think is another interesting perspective. Looking at them, many times it's not a law that's broken that leads to an incident. It's the fact that that citizen just didn't obey what the officer said, and he didn't like it. You know, I may have my perception wrong there, but it, it 
it almost tends to escalate from there. And so I've always thought it goes back to who you hire in the first place. So you can only train so much of that, but if somebody has a, uh, a built-in authoritarian complex like that, then somebody doesn't do as they say, no matter what it is, it's going to escalate into something. Well, you know, and you initially highlighted on really two sort of key areas, right? So it's not whether or not people don't like you know, authority. I'm sure there are some of those. So I'm certainly not saying that. But yeah. It really is about the, the interaction and who are the people that are coming there, right? So you mentioned part of it is training and selection. Who do we have who, who should be wearing the uniform and the badge? And the other part, too, is, you know, what's the community's role in public safety? So, I mean, those are two key things that you, you absolutely, you know, have to fit on. But the other part, too, is what do you want from policing? Because that's really what the conversation is about right now. It is the difference between law enforcement and public safety. And the question becomes one of them. This is why a lot of the work that we do nationally is having those conversations and listening to what community is saying. And, and we don't define community. And I think sometimes folks get caught up, and I tell people this all the time, you know, you, you can always find a sound bite that reinforces what you believe, but you have to listen yeah. to what, how people and what people are saying and, and why they're saying the things that they do. And I think part of what, you know, our role has been with CPD is just that. What's the ask? What are we solving for? Um, what kind of public safety do you want? What should it look like? What should it feel like? And then you can begin to train and select around that. But what becomes difficult is when you are, and I'll, you know, I'll use myself as an example, you know, as a 30-year veteran, as you go out to do your work and the policies continually change, and I always say this, cops don't make policy. That comes from above. And so if the policies are consistently changing, the training is inconsistent, the accountability is inconsistent, you know, you're going to see all kinds of things that are not going to feel right, not only to the community, but to the officers themselves. When you're going out to, uh, to help uh, train a, a uh, police department, are you finding that they're really welcoming what you know, inviting you in to get the training done, or are they doing it because some city councilman or some mayor or somebody there said they had to? So the way that the Central for Policing Equity operates is that we don't go into a police department unless we're invited in. Um, yeah. That doesn't get to your question about whether or not cops like the training or not, and we don't do that type of training. Um, we help evaluate and make sure that whatever training the chief in the department or whomever is, you know, asking them to do it, that what they are training is absolutely having the impact they want, that it's actually working. And I can tell you that working in police departments and the ones that we do, the exhaustion from the cops is really around the one that folks are not really listening to their perspective and what, you know, what they're going through on the street. Yeah. There's always this inconsistency about what they're being asked to do and whether or not they are the most appropriate group of people who should be doing it. And so, you know, you can see why officers would think, this, you know, here we go again, we're going to do this, and this is not really what we need or this is not the issue. And this is not, again, this is not the same thing as not wanting to be trained and, and not thinking there's a problem. That's very, very different. But the thing that has to happen here over the next, you know, several months, years, it's going to be a while, um, is really to, to narrow down what is the behaviors you're looking for officers to demonstrate 
you know, what kind of safety um, should they be practicing for themselves and for community. And that takes some time, but you also can't throw the baby out with the bathwater um, because you have community members who still want some form of, you know, again, I say it's, it's public safety. And so, again, we have to go back to what does that mean? And what we also find, what I, what I think is interesting about your question, is, you know, who's saying you need to be trained? And I can tell you, just in my tenure and experience, training is the first thing that everybody always goes to, right? Something happens, they need to be retrained. Something happens, they need to be trained. And I've never had yet to hear anybody say they need to be trained. How is that training working? Is it working? If it's not, now what do we do? It's yeah, usually yeah. that's the statement, the box is checked, and everybody sort of moves on until something happens again. So it is, you know, it's an interesting thing about training, and of course being, in, you know, over-training and, and, and certainly have done it, um, it's no different than as you're going in trying to teach, you know, teachers or doctors, you have to make sure that what you're asking them to do is appropriate and that it's going to absolutely provide the outcome that you that you want to have to solve or whatever that issue is. You, you know, you mentioned twice that um, people don't listen or communities don't listen. How do we get communities to listen more to what uh, law enforcement has to say instead of just showing up with their preconceived notions waiting on the officer to take a breath so they can hit them with something? How do we make our communities to partner and say, hey, listen, you know, listen to what the officer has. I think what's interesting is is your choice, right? So you have to make people listen to you. I think you and I are probably old enough to know any relationship you've been in, you can't make anybody do anything. Um, You have to have a reason why someone should sit with you and to understand a different perspective, which requires trust, requires patience. And both community and law enforcement want those things. And so it really is about how do you create that space where people can listen and not, you know, how we normally do when we we have different or or differing sort of positions. We're already getting our counter. We're not even listening to what the other person is saying. We're just preparing to counter something that doesn't sound right or feel right. And I'm in agreement with you. This is really about listening. Um, You can't force people to do that. But you can begin to work with people who are trying to move in that direction. Um, And I think that one of the things that's going to have to happen is, you know, we are eventually all going to have to listen to one another. And we're going to have to sit at the table and see if we can figure out the direction that we want to go. But I've, I've always said this, and those of us who have been officers for a while and we work in the public, you know, policing is at the consent of the community. And like any other product, if you're not happy with the product, then you need to be able to figure out, you know, can it be fixed? Is there something we need to add? Is something missing? And all of that does need to have a collaborative space for that so you can sit down. And I think right now um, people aren't doing that, and and we're going to have to get to that. And I think sometimes folks are uncomfortable um, sitting in these moments where it doesn't feel right because it just doesn't. And sometimes we have to get used to, you know, not being okay um, and really work towards how do we then begin to move forward together. It's going to take a lot of work. It really is going to take a lot of work, and I think people have to manage their expectations as well. At the end of the legislative uh, session here, we had a, uh, a police accountability law. Do you think that's the kind of thing or how that's going to be effective, and should we have a, a, a national counterpart to give some universal standard 
for uh, uh, police and community safety? What a great question, right? So it wasn't just the uh, legislature here in Colorado. It's throughout the country. People were passing all kinds of accountability laws. And, and the question is, you know, is that going to be effective? Uh, we don't know yet because a lot of them haven't, um, you know, been implemented. And part of the thing that we always push for is that you have to measure that. You need to know if it's working, right, that what was passed was not just symbolic, that it has an effect. Your other question is, should there be um, sort of a, an overarching sort of national, um, you know, standard for officers? And I, and I do believe that. I believe that officers need to understand their roles and they need to understand that, it, some, you know, wherever you go, that um, the expectations are the same and the, and the rules will be the same. But also you have to recognize that policing is local. The strongest type of reform or the strongest type of, of ordinances or accountability measures are usually done and typically are done on the local level. And so there's only so much you are going to be able to do from the state and, and federal level. And so it's really incumbent upon folks and police officers as well to, to really get involved in, you know, what's being asked, what's being proposed. But I like your question about, you know, do we know if these are going to work or not? And, and we don't know yet. We hope so. I mean, that, I'm hoping that all of these were done with the intent that that's what it's supposed to do. But unless, until we sort of implement and measure those things, we just we, we don't know yet. It's just too simple. I know the center does research. Is that a new area of research uh, the center may be looking at launching? Yes. Well, it, it's not new, but it is what we do, right? It is critically mm -hmm. important that when we're asking officers and even asking communities to do things, that we measure whether or not that what we're asking is the right fix. And if it is not, then it's not, you know, it's not uncommon or it shouldn't be uncomfortable or seen as a failure, but yet a signal that you need to go in and make an adjustment. Typically, we don't know about, you know, whether or not something's worked or not until you know, two, three years out. Um, because we're we're back at the table trying to come up with yet another remedy to fix the remedy we thought we had already resolved. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> a remedy to fix the remedy. I haven't yeah, heard yes, like right. That, and it's, exactly you remember what that correct. is? Yeah, you're just looking at each other going, "I thought we did this already." And so yeah. Our guest on this edition is Dr. Tracy Cousy, Senior Vice President of Justice Initiatives and co-founder of the Center for Policing Equity. Our focus is exploring new models for improving public safety with this retired 30-year veteran of the Denver Police Department. We'll continue our conversation with her on our next edition. I'm Adam Morgan. Do keep in touch. Stay on your game. And we do thank you for sharing a few moments of your weekend with us.